This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. By the way, I do wear uh, Dolce now. I'm in on that. Which one? Oh, Blue I don't water? know. What? What's it called? Dolce & Gabbana Blue? No, I don't know. Whatever it is, I have no idea what it's called. He's not the one that's buying it. No, I did. I swear, I actually... You, bought, you actually went and bought it? it for yourself. On Amazon. Yeah. I did. I searched Dolce & Gabbana. I looked at the one that I, that I remember I used to wear growing up. Oh, nice. And then I bought that one. Oh, okay. I have no idea what the, Are you supposed to know the name of the actual cologne? Yeah, of course. Yes. So when people ask you what you're wearing, you can tell them. Yes. A sweater? I don't know. Oh, you know, jacket today. Whoa. Yeah. I'm, wow, I'm, I'm right? Very, very, self, very self conscious about this. This is growth. This is growth. <laughs> yeah, I have too much growth. That's the problem. I'm self conscious. <laughs> I need my jacket to cover up the growth. Anyway, uh, we are unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Shout out to Peter King. Let's just do this first because Peter mm-hmm. King, Hall of Fame NFL and sports writer and broadcaster, announced in his column today for NBC Sports that he is going to be retiring from this column, right? He still may work in some capacity, but Peter King has been the gold standard in this industry for storytelling, football storytelling, inside info. Guys like Schefter and Glazer, et cetera, have always um, respected him, looked up to him. He is as great as they get. His football morning in America, his previous Monday morning quarterback column, I mean, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal over the course of time. And so we first do the hat tip to Peter King. Absolutely. We then acknowledge what Peter King <laughs> dropped in this column today. I am going to read you because I need to be careful in the way in which I am presenting this. But here we go. I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. What I say, the Bears could keep Justin Fields and should and trade the first pick down once or twice and build the kind of supporting cast the team needs to contend. Suppose GM Ryan Poles traded the top pick down one spot to Washington, which would take Caleb Williams, and got the second pick, a second-round pick, and a 2025 first-round pick in return. Then suppose Poles traded the second pick to Atlanta at eight, and the Falcons picked one of the other quarterbacks. In return, Chicago gets the eighth pick, Atlanta's second-round pick, and a first and second round pick next year. Imagine moving from one to eight and ending up with that draft hall. Guys, he is in no way, shape, or form reporting this. But when Peter King, mm-hmm. who is as credible and knowledgeable as could be, says this, that that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. He says, I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. What you know, Peter is the way the wind is blowing. And that is fascinating in itself. That maybe, possibly, around league circles, the conversation is that the Chicago Bears could actually trade out of that number one slot. This was quite the juicy little nugget for Peter King to drop on his way out, right? And for him to put that in writing tells you that he feels comfortable sharing that information, that he's heard it enough, that even though he says, I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing, he's phrasing it very carefully, but knowing that this is information that he has heard. I have heard some conversations out of Chicago where there has been discussions about Justin Fields, but I always go back about keeping him, excuse me, as the quarterback and trading out of that number one pick. But I always defer back 
to the CJ Stroud of it all, that you did this last year, and even if you feel like maybe Justin Fields could be somebody you could build around, when it comes down to it, in that moment, are you really going to have the guts to move on from this pick, not once but twice, to pass on CJ Stroud last year and now Caleb Williams again this year? That's where my mind always went, but to hear Peter King say this, maybe there is a little bit more traction in Chicago to keeping Justin Fields and trading out of that pick. Look, I get that everybody gets all excited about picks this time of year, and I understand it. They, they, they represent hope for all of these fan bases, but at some point, you got to turn picks into players. And I, I'm sorry, I just don't know that it's the right decision to hitch your wagon to a quarterback that you still have question marks about after three full seasons in the NFL. And might I add, three seasons in which he has not been able to stay healthy in either one of them. Like, that, that's the part, like, eh, Justin Fields becomes exponentially more expensive. They have to make a decision on his fifth-year option this offseason. I think May 2nd is the date where they have to decide to exercise his $20 million fifth-year option. And then on top of that, the going rate for starting quarterbacks now is north of $40 million a year. So you're supposed to make these types of financial commitments to a player that you still have some serious questions on whether or not he can actually play the position at a level that allows your team to contend. Now, here's the other part that I got to push back on when we start talking about the Chicago Bears roster. They do realize after they traded for Montez Sweat, from week 10 on, in the second half of the season, they had the best scoring defense in the NFL. The best. Nobody was better than them from score scoring defense. The Chicago Bears had the best scoring defense in the NFL. That was the catalyst for them winning five of their final eight games. They were top three in defensive efficiency, top three in defensive EPA. So Matt Eberflus has done a good job with that unit, that side of the ball. And a young quarterback's best friend, it's not a tight end. It's not a number one wide receiver. It's a defense that can create field position and extra possessions. And that's what the Chicago Bears defense did. So this notion that there isn't enough talent on this roster to allow Justin Fields to have success, it's just not true. I mean, they have two solid bookend tackles on the offensive line in Braxton Jones and Darnell Wright. They have a number one wide receiver in D.J. Moore. They have a really good tight end in Cole Komet. They have a solid running game, and it has been since Justin Fields has been there. I I don't understand why we think that Justin Fields doesn't have the requisite supporting cast that it takes in order to have success as an NFL quarterback, especially if you think this guy is worth passing up on the number one overall pick, not once, but twice, in two quarterback-rich drafts. So part of this, though, I want to just go back on one thing. So you're giving the the reasoning as to why, if they were to make that decision, that would be the wrong decision, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what you're saying right now. If they, if they were to follow this Peter King logic, you would say, hey, that's the wrong decision because Caleb Williams is better than Justin Fields, obviously. Sure. What's interesting to me is that he would even put this out there that the winds are blowing in that direction because that gives me an indication that maybe teams around the league are going to start to make offers or continue to make offers and make bigger offers because what he's saying is you basically would have the eighth and ninth pick, eight and nine picks in the draft this year. You'd have second round picks from Washington and Atlanta this year, and you'd have two picks in next year's draft from each of those two teams plus your own. So three picks in the, in the, in the first round next year in the 25 draft. I'll add one other thing. I mean, would New England trade them three for eight and nine? Like, they could probably get back up. Uh, See, I think this is all smoke. I I honestly think this is all smoke. This time of year, everybody is lying. And and here's the thing. 
you're trying to here, regardless of what happens, what decision you make, you're trying to build as much leverage as you can mm-hmm. to maximize the return on your investment, right? So if you're the Chicago Bears, you want this out there that you could hang on to Justin Fields. Because you think you he's that good. You want it out there because we think he's that good. Yeah. We passed on C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young last year. We're willing to pass on Kayla Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels this year. We think Justin Fields is that good. We're, we're not just going to give him away. You're not just going to give us a second-round pick and call it a day. We, you've got to give us something substantive, something substantial, a huge package for Justin Fields. They don't want Justin Fields. <laughs> Like there's no way. Like I'm just trying to follow the decision tree here. There's no world. There's no scenario where it's plausible to run it back with Justin Fields. Because think about it. Even from just the financial aspect of it, it makes all the sense in the world to move off of Justin Fields, a quarterback that you still got questions about, a quarterback that we don't know if he can stay healthy for a full 17 game regular season. You still have legitimate questions about him. Why are you going to? Not only double down, but triple down on him, and 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 try to validate the opportunity cost for passing on a guy like Caleb Williams or passing on a Drake May, just like you passed on C.J. Stroud last year. There's no way you can justify that if you're Ryan Poles. It just doesn't make any sense. So to me, it feels like the the prevailing winds in Chicago mm-hmm. is just about trying to drum up as much interest as you possibly can for a Justin Fields trade. And let's keep this in mind. This was around the time last year where the Chicago Bears got ready to make their move to trade down from the number one overall pick to the number nine overall pick with the Carolina Panthers. Happened right after the combine was wrapping up. Like, this is that time of year. The combine starts on Thursday. It feels like this is a situation now where the Bears are trying to convince the rest of the NFL that they might legitimately hang on to Justin Fields. I am so with you on everything you're saying because we are knee-deep in lying season right now. Mm -hmm. Everybody is trying to cause confusion and chaos so that they can garner the best return for whatever they want in the draft. But there's one thing that as I keep going through all this sticks out to me that makes me think maybe this isn't just smoke. And that's the Matt Eberflus of it all. We kept saying, if you're going to draft Caleb Williams, why wouldn't you have a coach in place long-term for him to have that stability? Why wouldn't, if you were cleaning house, also move on from Matt Eberflus, even though the Bears did show improvement down the stretch and there were some positives that you might point to him? It just didn't make sense to me why they would bring him back if they were going to draft Caleb Williams but not have that stability in place. But what if they brought him back because they plan on hanging on to Justin Fields? Well, what's better? Because Peter King laid it out that they would have Justin Fields and nine picks in the first two rounds over the next two years or Caleb Williams. I don't I don't know how good Caleb Williams is going to be or how well, bad Caleb Williams is going to be. Well, if he is Patrick Mahomes, then it's a no-brainer. Of course, but nobody's Patrick Mahomes. But, but here's my point, though. If you, if you do trade down from the number one overall pick— that means you would have passed on all three of the quarterbacks at the top of this year's class and the two quarterbacks at the top of last year's class. Do you know the kind of leverage that you hand to Justin Fields if you do that? Oof. I mean, think about how that negotiation is going to go. You passed on the number one overall pick, not once but twice, in two quarterback-rich drafts. And you're stuck with me now. The, the, numbers, <laughs> the numbers starting at $50 million a year. Oof. Do you feel good about paying Justin Fields a contract extension? Six years, $300 million? You feel good about that? Well, you just said something that... Do you feel good about that? I don't. You just said something that I had not thought about, which I think is the best point that's made. It's If you do this, it's not, Justin, you're the starter. 
It's Justin. You are a franchise quarterback that can win us the Super Bowl, and I and we have to pay you as such, right? Not down the road. Now, see, that's the part that scares me off. Unless you're going to tell me there's another quarterback that they like, JJ McCarthy, Bo Mix, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, whoever that they would consider actually taking at eight or nine. That maybe they don't see the separation. But again. I don't know that we have heard that. I don't know that anyone would agree with that assessment. I haven't heard any outside of Jim Harbaugh, who was J.J. McCarthy's coach. Yes. Not one Loves person has put McCarthy, Knicks, or Penix even close to the top three. Now, we have seen a lot of people say maybe Caleb Williams is not one. Maybe Drake May is. Maybe Jaden Daniels. That's different, right? In this scenario, the Bears would not have a chance at any of those three and would have to make Justin Fields their guy, not only for this year, but for the long term, 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number to be a part of the show. Thoughts on this? Do you think that this makes sense? If it were you, you could have Justin Fields and nine picks in the first two rounds each of the next two years or just take Caleb Williams and stop overthinking it. I know our friend Alyssa from True Green, who's based in Chicago, is loving this conversation about the Bears. I'm sure Alan Philly is as well. And True Green is for all of you all over the country. If you're ready to elevate your lawn game without breaking the bank, True Green is the spot for you. True Green has been the trusted choice for over 2 million homeowners. I'm one of them for over 50 years. Visit TrueGreen.com today and discover the easiest and most affordable way to achieve a pro-level lawn guaranteed. Plus, enjoy True Green's verified price matching, ensuring you get the best lawn for the best price. Visit TrueGreen.com and transform your lawn effortlessly. That's TrueGreen.com. Your dream lawn is just around the corner. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, we're going to get to Russ. He may have started something yesterday. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote from Progressive Commercial, progressivecommercial.com. But we got a lot of people that want to jump in on the Peter King hypotheticals around the Chicago Bears. Winds are blowing. Winds are blowing. Very windy city, by the way. Leave that kind of joke to me, please. <laughs> that kind of corny joke. How dare you steal my material? Uh, space in Illinois, listening on ESPN 1000. What's up, Space? What's up, guys? How y'all feeling? What's going on? Hey, hey, hey. So, first and foremost, you say, you say Peter King said, trade the first pick and get nine picks. Sign me up. CC, you talking about the questions we got for Justin, man. I... I I don't think we have all those questions that y'all have. Those more. Well, so wait, hold on, space, 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 up. space. Hold on, we'll let you finish and CC respond. I just want to clarify because somebody just tuning in may have heard something a little differently than what's actually been suggested. What Peter King is saying is he knows nothing. Winds are blowing right. in a direction about uh, maybe possibly Justin Fields as the quarterback and the Bears trading the pick. 
that where they would make multiple trades to acquire with their own picks nine total picks in two rounds over the next two years, not to acquire nine picks by way of trade. You may continue. Yeah, definitely. Sign me up. You're talking about nine picks to secure our future for the next couple years, whether it's, you know, two more first this round, uh, this year, and then a, another first next year, a couple seconds this year and next year. Sign me up. See, we have too many holes that we have to fill. We need a center. What's one of the best uh, ways to for your quarterback to grow in the NFL? Jeff Saturday done said it. Peyton Manning done said it. Every young quarterback needs a quarterback on the line, a center. We've never had one. We got Lucas Patrick, who couldn't start on 30 teams in the NFL. He needs a dynamite center. He does need a strong left tackle. Braxton Jones is not it. Darnell Wright is the future. Oh, he's awesome. But Braxton Jones is not it. I disagree. So I think Braxton Jones is a good football player. I disagree. I think I think Braxton Jones is a good football player. I think he is. I think he is, and he's only going to get better. I mean, you're talking about a tackle that, that is always going to be in the lineup and a guy that is, what, going into his third year in the NFL? Yeah, I, I think Braxton Jones is going to be fine. Like, I think he's going to be a good football player. A lot of the sacks that Justin Fields takes are sacks that he runs into, which is a part of the problem. Like, that's, that's the issue. Like, seeing Justin Fields play quarterback in the NFL, especially when defenses force him to play quarterback, force him to play from the pocket. Justin Fields being able to consistently play winning football uh, under those circumstances is what you want to see. And he hasn't shown us enough of that. That's why I have serious questions about whether or not the, the, the Bears got their heads on straight because of what we're watching on tape with Justin Fields. Like some of the mistakes are just inexcusable for a quarterback in his third season and so I want to see that development, that maturation at the position from being able to win from the well, and he just hasn't shown that. It's still a question mark. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't know that you can justify the opportunity cost of passing on this year's crop of quarterbacks. Um, I'm with you, but I do find it so interesting that so many people in Chicago aren't more elated at the idea of landing Caleb Williams. And a lot of people that we get calling in from Chicago or that I talk to in Chicago want to hang on to Justin Fields. They don't want to give up on this guy right now. They think that he really does have, have the talent to be the franchise in Chicago and they want to build around him. I would think if I'm in Chicago after C.J. Stroud could have been the quarterback of the Bears last year and you passed on him, now you have Caleb Williams, this guy who's been the best quarterback in football for years. We've been talking about him as a transformational guy for years. If that was the option for me in Chicago, I think I'd be more excited about it, but we constantly hear from people coming out of the 312 that want to hang on to Justin Fields, which I think is interesting. Joe in Virginia Beach, listening on 94.1. What's up, Joe? Hey, guys. Love the show. I just wanted to make a quick point about the Justin Fields and quarterback situation in Chicago. Um, I would like to make the comparison of looking at the 49ers in Kansas City just recently where we would all agree uh, the Niners probably had the best team and more talent. Kansas City had the clear-cut best quarterback, as we all know, and even does not. It's not going to matter how many picks you get for Fields. If you get your Mahomes, that is the one answer that you need, and everything else can follow after that. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I, that's not a that's not a bad point at all, right? It's that okay. You could build a great roster, but if the guy under center is not good enough, it doesn't matter. That's the point, and and I don't know how you could not have questions about Justin Fields. I mean, through three seasons, he's what twenty eighth out of 36 since he's coming to league in QBR. But 28 out of 36 QBR qualified quarterbacks. He ranks 28th. 
He's had 40 passing touchdowns to 41 total turnovers, and he's 10-28 and 28 as a starter. How can you not have questions about Justin Fields? You do. Like, I, I get that everybody wants to, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt because of the dysfunction with the Chicago Bears. I get all of that. But how can you look at him as a known quantity, so much so that you'd be willing to pass on this year's crop of quarterbacks, knowing that you passed on last year's crop of quarterbacks, including C.J. Stroud. And don't give me this nonsense about how the Carolina Panthers were the ones that passed on them. The Chicago Bears had the number one overall pick this time last year. They're the ones that decided to trade down after the scouting combine. What they said was, we don't necessarily believe in this crop of quarterbacks with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. We're going to ride with Justin Fields. That was a mistake. C.J. Stroud is a better quarterback than Justin Fields is right now. He's a better quarterback, period. And the situation that C.J. Stroud stepped into was no less dysfunctional than the Chicago Bears had with Justin Fields. And C.J. Stroud had his team in the postseason won a playoff game with a rookie head coach. So Chicago Bears fans, stop yourselves for a second. I get that you're enamored with the physical abilities of Justin Fields. But it ain't a scouting combine. It ain't the underwear Olympics. It's the National Football League. And your quarterback has to go out there and play quarterback in order for your team to have a chance to win. Not just be a bona fide running back at the quarterback position. And I'm sorry, that's all we've seen from Justin Fields so far. Splashy runs and then splashy throws off of second reaction plays. We haven't seen enough consistency with winning from the pocket. And that's the part of his game that has to evolve before I'm willing to dub him a franchise quarterback. You know how I really know that you think this is a bad move outside of obviously everything you just said? You've actually never once said that the offer the Bears would get in this hypothetical that Peter King brought up was a bad offer. You, what you've said is what they'd be left with at the quarterback position is not the best option. So in other words, what Peter King is presenting it with all of these hypothetical moves is actually what, what CC has said in a roundabout way is actually a great offer. It's just what's left is not that good. Like, you are not as big of a Brock Purdy fan as Smalls and I are. No. But, but you still like Brock Purdy. Yes. If Brock Purdy was the Bears quarterback, you would make this move, correct? Yes. That's the point. Yes. That's the point. Yes. That we, yes. have, we have been presented yes. an offer here that you've said, you know what? I'd have to take a step back and think about whether I would, whether or not I would trade the pick, which is an opportunity to, Caleb, to draft Caleb Williams or Drake Mayer, Jane Daniels, whoever. But I can't because what I'm left with is not good enough. Mm-hmm. But hold on. What I'm left with is not good enough and is going to be very, very expensive. You don't think he can outperform his current contract, and you sure as heck don't think he can outperform his future Hell contract. Hell no. Right. <laughs> but again, there's two parts of this, right? There's two parts of a move like this. There's what you would get to actually move the number one pick, which you have not said one time is a bad offer. It's what you would have left that's bad. We're Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. You may not see Russell Wilson's name out there for another few weeks. There might be some interest, but it's not going to be at the level that teams once were interested. As if this guy doesn't have a place in the NFL. He may not be a starter for the next five years, but currently he is a starting quarterback in the league. Well, we thought Russell Wilson in Denver was going to be a hot ticket. It was for parts of this past season, but may not be moving forward. Where he goes could be a hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. So Russell Wilson was on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall over the weekend, wherever podcasts are found. And they had a conversation about Russell Wilson's future on the I Am Athlete podcast. So you sitting here at 35, say you feel the best you've ever felt. Do you still have that obsession? I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through. Whether it's in Denver or somewhere else, I, I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I, I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win too. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. You know, I, I love the city and everything else. But, you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you too. So the thing that I, I, I want to do is, is, is win, man. That's all, that's all I care about. So Russell Wilson wants to win two over the next five. Um, the internet blew up saying mm-hmm. he can as Patrick Mahomes' backup. Correct. correct. Um, so we'll make that joke that everyone in the world made, but we'll, <laughs> we'll make that joke. Okay, Smalls, you talk a lot about manifesting things. Yes. Isn't that what this is? I understand that everybody is laughing at Russell Wilson saying, I want to win two of the next five. Isn't he just trying to manifest something for himself here? Yeah, I'm not laughing at him when he says it. Yeah, I laughed at the Patrick Mahomes joke because that's the likely avenue you'll need to take to win two in five years is to be his backup. But I want this in my starting quarterback. I want this in a guy, whether it's Denver or another franchise that I'm going to acquire, to believe that he is capable of doing that. This is a guy who has been there, done that, knows what it takes to get there. And even if he's not the same quarterback, I love that he still views himself in that light because that's what you need. You need a quarterback that has confidence in himself. No, you absolutely want that. And and Russell Wilson, I think, is more than capable of giving you competent quarterback play. I mean, last year he was top 10 in passer rating. He had 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions. So that's what you're looking for in terms of a quarterback that is not going to lose the game for you. I think we've got to accept the fact that Russell Wilson has now moved into the phase of his career where he can't win you football games. And I I think that's a hard thing for – the player to come to grips with, but I think also the perception around the league um, to understand is that he's not a guy that that's capable of being able to will you to Super Bowls like he did once upon a time with the Seattle Seahawks. This is not who he is anymore. And so I think, you know, having to accept that and understand that going into any given situation is going to be a big part of whether or not he's going to be able to have success in what will be his third act in the NFL. But the part that's crazy to me, is Russell Wilson saying 
that's where he wants to be. Yeah. After he puts his mansion in Denver on on the market to be sold. Like we we know you're not going to be in Denver. We know that's not it. They don't want you. It doesn't seem like you want to stay there. So let's start talking in terms of what the best fit for you is, what you're looking for for your next prospective team. Mm-hmm. And I think for Russell Wilson, it's a team that is a competent quarterback away from being in the postseason. I don't think there's a team in the NFL that's a Russell Wilson away from winning a championship, but I do think there are several places in the NFL that are a Russell Wilson away from getting into the postseason and winning a playoff game. Such as? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Love that one. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, you, know, like you have to look at the way that Mike Tomlin wants to play football. We want to play really good defense. We want to be physical, run the football. It sounds like the early 2010s with the Seattle Seahawks when they were breaking in Russell Wilson, who was a rookie quarterback. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that. I I think we have to get back to that type of formula in order to get the best from Russ. And in certain situations, ask Russ to dial it up to play above the X's and O's to make some plays that can be the difference in the game. But you're only asking him to do that a handful of times throughout the course of a regular season. You're not asking him to do that a handful of times in every single game. And I think that has to be the approach for whatever team would be interested in Russell Wilson at this stage in his career. So for the last few weeks, it feels like we've been saying Russell Wilson to Pittsburgh. We all like that. Justin Fields to Atlanta. Caleb Williams to Chicago. Mm -hmm. I would prefer Justin Fields to Pittsburgh, but I understand why Russ would be an attractive option for them based on the finances. And he's a clear upgrade at what they have. So let me throw us for a loop here. Are we thinking too obvious? Should we be thinking out of left field a little bit on this, which is normally the position I play? Um, so <laughs> let me let me just throw something out there. Okay. I can't get out of my head how adamant CC was about how good of an offer that Peter King hypothetical was for the Bears, right? For those just tuning in, Peter King, salute to him, hat tip, announced his retirement today, NBC, but also pointed out the idea that if he were the Bears, he may consider going from one to two and then two to eight with Washington and Atlanta, picking up extra first rounders next year, picking up second rounders this year. And CC, um, people can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast, made it clear that if you're going to do all that, you can't land on Justin Fields. But yeah. not that you can't make a deal to stockpile picks, right? So, so far, so good? Why not go after Kirk Cousins? Just throwing this out there. Just going into left field a little bit. If you're the Bears and you can get all of this, and your biggest beef is well, you can't land on Justin Fields, why not trade Justin Fields too? Trade him to the Steelers. Make that pick. You have, what, $78 million or so of cap space? A ton of cap space. Why not make Kirk Cousins an offer he can't refuse, stockpile everything, and bring it? Like, are we thinking too obvious with some of this stuff? Because we have all gone through Bears, Caleb Williams, Justin Fields, Atlanta, hometown team, right? And and young players, same age group, et cetera. And Russell Wilson, a, a stopgap kind of quarterback for the, for the Steelers. Basically, $10 an hour quarterback yeah. with Mike Tomlin, who can absolutely put him exactly where he needs to put him, yeah. as he does with everybody. Yeah. Are we thinking too obvious? But I love Kirk Cousins. I think he's a great football player, but he's also going to into his age 36 season, coming yeah. off an injury, and he's a very expensive option. Yeah. So maybe he's an out-of-the-box thought here, but I don't think he's the most attract- attractive avenue for them to go down. No, and here's the other thing. Because Russell Wilson is not in a position where he can dictate the terms in which he's going to join another team, he's not, he's not in any position to make any demands, I could see a scenario where there's an organization that looks at taking a quarterback at the top of this year's draft 
but that brings Russell Wilson as, as the pace car. Hey, we're going to use Russell Wilson on the cheap as an opportunity to, you know, impart whatever wisdom that he needs to on our young guy to kind of lead our guy along and then eventually allow the young player, allow Russ to give way to the young player to be our starting quarterback. I can absolutely see Russell Wilson as a a a, a glamorous bridge option to win your young quarterback that you take with the top pick this year is actually ready to go out there and help you win football games. I actually like that model of being able to have a veteran in the quarterback room along with a young guy. And then, especially if you're looking at situations like Chicago, like Washington, like New England, that have had issues with developing franchise quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. I could absolutely see a world where Russell Wilson becomes a bridge option and a part of the solution at quarterback position with one of those top three picks at the quarterback spot. So your curveball, my curveball was just throwing Kirk Cousins to the Bears in a, in a hypothetical. Yeah. Your curveball is, let's just say, for for uh, uh, you know, just for lack of a better option, Russell Wilson to the Commanders. Yeah. And that Drake May is the backup. Ru- Jaden Ru- Daniels. Russ, come on back home. I like yeah. that. Russ, come on that. back home. It's what I wanted Carolina yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, Russ, come on back home. It's going to be on the cheap. You're not in any position where you can make any demands in terms of being a long-term starter. You've got to rebuild your uh, – your, your, you've got to rebuild your, I guess, leverage in NFL circles. You've got to kind of rebrand yourself. So we'll give you an opportunity to go out there and do that to build back up some of that credibility, but we're also going to have our long-term quarterback option in the building with you. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense because if you're Russell Wilson, you're trying to reclaim your position as a starter in the National Football League, and I don't know that there's any team that's going to sign up for that long-term. Can I just get right you? Now. Can I just get you both to say yes or no to my hypothetical uh, left field one? So if we use the Peter King model, so Peter King saying the winds are blowing in this direction, right? Windy City that Chicago goes from one to two, Washington goes back up to one, which doesn't preclude what CC just said in terms of the, out of the left field with Russell Wilson. Yeah, that the Chicago Bears would have nine picks in the first two rounds over the next two years, and maybe a tenth if they were to trade Justin Fields. And then let's say they, they go after Kirk Cousins three years, $45 million a year. Is that attractive nah, to you? I, I don't think so. I don't think that's the direction that they go. Yeah, I don't. Okay. All right. No. Again, I love Kirk Cousins, but I would much rather have less capital and have a younger option I could build around. So as we sit here today, you guys are both two feet in that we're all in smokescreen mode. That this is going to be the Bears 1, Washington 2, New England 3. Russ is going to end up either as a bridge quarterback with one of the young guys or in Pittsburgh and Justin Fields will end up in Atlanta or Pittsburgh. Here's the thing. I'm not guaranteeing $100 million to a quarterback unless he's a top 10 player at the position and or I'm in position to compete for a championship. Chicago Bears would have neither if they decide they're going to go down the Kirk Cousins road. I just don't think that they're going to have the stomach to not draft Caleb Williams. So all of this for nothing. (laughs) I'm over it. (laughs) Next, we're unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Uh, yes, yeah, CC. What, like, what are we supposed to do when we get coins back? Like, when you give somebody cash and they give you changes, like, what do you what do you do with the coins? Put it in your wallet. You put it in your wallet. Yeah, I have a little change compartment in my wallet. Okay, and you you take it out like every day and put the change in in a. You need some yeah, a ziploc bag. A ziploc bag. <laughs> bag of coins. Like I used to have this <laughs> this big jar that I put the coins in. Yeah, I have that too. And eventually, you go to like those little machines. Yep. I don't know, Coinstar, whatever. Yeah, Coinstar. You, yeah, exactly. But like I, just, I don't even do that anymore. Like I have like the the Apple Pay on my phone, uh-huh. and you've got the credit card. It's just like I'm not used to dealing with cash like that. But even when I do have to pay somebody in cash, it's like, what am I supposed to do with the change? Put it in your pocket. Put it in a Ziploc bag in your backpack. There you go. I'm with Pat. I think we need to just move away from coins altogether. Mm. Move right. away from coins altogether. Well, here is Pat Costello Hello. with "I'm Over It." Court and field storming needs to be banned, just Thank like you. coins. It is so stupid and pointless Agreed. and just needs to end. I don't understand. It used to happen in like the MLB all the time. There's a famous video of Reggie Jackson trucking people to get to the dugout. And guess what? They banned it, and it stopped happening. It just doesn't happen anymore. It can stop happening in college sports. I don't know why we're still doing it. I don't know why we're trying to jump through hoops to keep this thing going. That's clearly just detrimental at this point, just so like fans can have this experience. Just go crazy in the stands. Why do you need to be in the middle of the court to do it? It's so stupid it doesn't Round make any sense Pat. round of applause i'm on board with it i don't like that pat doesn't like hibachi still but i'll get over that is it easier to ban court storming in a baseball stadium as opposed to a basketball arena one of the most interesting things curious, about basketball like, it just feels is like the, there are more ways on the court yes. in basketball than there would be on the field yeah. in baseball. Well, that's the thing. One of the most interesting things about basketball is if you've ever been to a basketball game, you know that there's like literally no security between Nothing. the front row and the court. Now, no. the people who sit in the front row are likely not the people that are the court, court stormers. No, no. no. <laughs> you know? Not like, their oh, Spike Lee just attacked somebody. That actually would uh, be hilarious. But Spike Lee. Sp- that, that, would, that would be, right? It would be really funny. I mean, there is no barrier for entrance like there is with baseball, right? Because there's there's nets up. There's there's the, um, like, railing. Yeah, there's yeah. rails and all that stuff, yeah. With basketball, there's nothing. You can go right in. Yeah. So I think it's a little easier to, to ban field storming in baseball than it is court storming in basketball. I agree. Yeah. yeah, but we don't see it during like the national championship and stuff like that. Clearly, they have it figured out to a degree. Well, the national that's championship because is people not... can't afford. The students can't afford. Yeah. To go to the national I, I'm just like it's also really, not at a But you field. see the yeah, guys but, yeah, standing out there with court. like the ropes and stuff that like bars people from coming on the court. There's clearly ways to do it. We just don't do it. So we're gonna rope off the court. Yeah, why not? Yeah, well, they do that for the NBA Finals. I mean, they literally do that for the NBA Finals. But I think that what what you're saying, Pat, is it's all going to come back to money. So here's what it is. If you have, let's say, a $100,000 fine for, for a school that has court storming, you're going to pay the $1,000 to increase security per game so you don't have to pay the $100,000 at the end of the year. Yeah. You know, that's it's, it's math on the money. You have to make the fine high enough where the increased ex- expense for security is low enough in comparison to the fine. 
Yeah, I just think it's more practical to be able to have more security staff to usher the players and the coaches off the court in quick fashion so that they don't have to deal with the court storming. There has to be a happy medium. We can't take this away. This, As you said, CeCe, is one of the great elements of pageantry and collegiate athletics. No doubt. It is some of the best scenes that we have. It is part of the great thing about being a fan of your school and of that program is that if something like this happens, you get to do this. Now, of course, we want to make sure everyone's protected, but I just don't think we should take it away. Next one, Pat. Truck drivers who drive in the left lane should get their licenses stripped. This is the most infuriating thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I'm driving behind a truck in the left lane and a truck in the right lane, both going the same speed, both well under the speed limit. I I was losing my marbles. Strip their licenses. I'm so, with Pat on this one. I don't understand it. Like, you'll be on a major highway, and, and there'll be one going 67 and the other one going 66. Left lane, right lane, they're blocking all of this traffic. Nobody can pass. And you know they can communicate with one another because they got the CB radios. I just don't understand why they want to block all of traffic. It makes no sense. I get that it's annoying having other cars weave in and out between the trucks. I understand all of that. But to sit there and block the entire damn highway because you're, you, you don't want to deal with the nonsense, I just think that's a little... I don't know, a little ridiculous. Do you think they do it for fun? Like, I'm picturing them on the radio yes. being like, Cece, what, you want to have some fun? Let's block everybody. Yes. Do you think they're screwing with people? Yes. I'm wondering. Yes, thousand percent. Because if they can communicate. Thousand percent, yeah. Are there actual zero rules? chance that there's that's not happening? Yeah, but are there bored. rules with truck like with trucks I don't know. like that? I don't know about the rules. I don't know why I'm looking at you like you were a truck driver before you got I here. I mean, what, what, what rules would there be? <laughs> like that you only I mean, can drive rules, in the right lane. There are rules in the road. Like if you're in the left hand lane, that's the passing lane. Yeah. If you're not passing anybody, then you shouldn't be in the left hand lane. Yeah. There are rules, but people don't abide by those rules. Rules of the road. Uh, rule, there, there's a speed limit. How many people abide by that? Exactly. Uh, He's a ten and two guy. Evan Cohen. He's exactly. a ten and two guy. Exactly. What, what rules? Come I on, don't man. Know. What about the whole no rules? I just think it's ridiculous. Pat is absolutely right. Uh, that should not be allowed. It should be an instant ticket when you see that on the road. Evan, have you ever gotten a ticket? Like a speeding ticket? Uh, any sort of traffic oh, infraction? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah okay. I have. Were yeah. you very upset? Of course. Well, you, are you not? When you <laughs> right, get but tickets? it just feels like you would take it harder he, than he the average. He was doing fifty-five bear. and a fifty-four. <laughs> I was fifty-five and a fifty-four. <laughs> Next one, Pat. If you I know a get... lot of you all, well, aren't you sharp as a tack? Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> I'm over that for sure. <laughs> wow. Uh, if you want to get a good idea of the state of America, just go to an urgent care for three hours, like I did this weekend, and just—it's just an absolute disaster in there. No social awareness from people. People just full volume playing games, talking, having full conversations with people on their phones. Uh, smelling like the devil's lettuce. It's a disaster. Ooh, the devil's lettuce. Well, let me ask the, the obligatory question before we move on. Are you okay? I mean, are you okay? Yes. Okay, good. All right, so now, um, <laughs> urgent care I've always found to be good. I don't know. I'm not as anti-urgent care. Where are you going to urgent care that I you're having a city. positive experience? In you the went, city. You went in New York City to urgent care? Not, well, I don't want to give addresses out, but. Yeah, let's not. You and I were in the same area for a long period of time before sure. we knew each other. That sure. area has. A couple of good urgent cares, no? What urgent What urgent care? What hospital did you go to? Because I've been to hospitals in that same area. Not so great. Like, I went to the urgent care of Mount Sinai West. Not great. Yeah, anytime I've, great. I've been to urgent care, there is quite literally no lack of urgency in yeah, that care. Yeah. <laughs> There's no urgent care. There is no urgent care. It's just care. care with lack of urgency. Yeah, yeah. you better you better bring a book because you're going to be there a while. And you know what doesn't invoke a lot of confidence? Having flies buzzing around your urgent Stop care it. waiting room. <laughs>
<laughs> just like, what's the level of care when you have flies just buzzing around? That is, and I'm not just talking about one fly. When you got a bunch of flies. That is bleak. <laughs> like, like, like the trash out of their cookout the next day after. Oh, like, that, like that's what it was in the urgent care. I'm like, I, I have no confidence that these people are going to give me uh, quality health care. Just zero confidence. Wow. Do you think there's any chance I had a better experience because I went there with kids? That maybe I skipped the line unknowingly because uh, I'm sitting there with young kids? Maybe, possibly. I don't, I don't think they care. Yeah, okay. I don't think they care, <laughs> I don't think they care. Uh, You both are saying there's no care in urgent care. I have not had great experiences. I'm no. down on urgent care in New York City. Wow. I'm down on urgent care. All right, Pat, you got another one quickly? Yeah. Baseball's back, and that's amazing. The names on the back of the jerseys look ridiculous. Whoa. I just oh, unplugged just my headphones. I can't hear anything. <laughs> The names in the back of the jersey look ridiculous. I think is what he was saying. Yes, they I do. don't. I don't know this. Mo- this clearly went through multiple steps, and like multiple people signed off on these. And I don't know how they look awful. The, the most amazing thing is on Friday, I'm sitting there and I'm watching PTI, and they showed all the pictures that I showed off the air to the group on the show. I can't believe everybody's showing it. They had to blur out on PTI pictures of baseball players. NSFW. Yes. Not safe for work, some of those photos. Mm. Almost all of those photos of a Padres player, a Giants player, and PTI put them up there. See, see-through <laughs> pants, <laughs> see-through jerseys. <laughs> We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.